All right, uh, this episode is going to be a congratulatory episode to the Knicks in their second game of the playoffs against the Hawks. The first game was a disgrace. Unfortunately, a major league disgrace. So what I would say here with it being a major league disgrace is that, unfortunately, um, we have a situation where more time, more times than not, and it happened last night too. <clears throat> uh, we have even Julius Randle and um, R.J. Barrett, especially Julius Randle. They get doubled, defense zone against them, and they, you know. Uh, Particularly Julius Randle <clears throat> is unselfish and, and responds by trying to get assists. That's great. It doesn't always work out for two reasons. One of the biggest problems with the Knicks is that the, the majority of them are kind of limited in their talent. They have, everybody pretty much has good basketball IQ, so that's why um, things have went well and they had a pretty good record. And uh, they got into the playoffs, but and they even had May. Listen, they were they were fourth in uh, the Eastern Conference, so they got they got um, a position where they were home court. My biggest beef has been all season and still is that Julius Randle doesn't always have to be throwing the ball, looking around to throw the ball somebody. Now, that's 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 great that he is unselfish, and I'm glad that he's doing that. But there are times in the game, like the peak times, which he last night, I guess maybe Coach Thibodeau or somebody talked about it, where he got a little bit more choosy. And uh, he made it happen on his own. I don't say you should become a ball hawk. I do not want the return of Carmelo Anthony. No, I'm not even suggesting that. What I'm saying is, Julius Randle should be looking around to throw with guys based on their talent. And there's nothing wrong with that, but he's crowded. Problem is, we have guys like, and they, they were very, they were instrumental last night. And I, I, give him, I, give him, I give it to him. Reggie Bullock. Good thing Reggie Bullock is there to come off the bench. When Burks is cold... Um, and for that matter, uh, Manuel Quickly was cold. Now, Manuel Quickly, like I've said before about Manuel Quickly, he's very talented. But unfortunately, for a while there, they were using him as he was drafted as a point guard. Fortunately, they're not doing that right now. <clears throat> they went to shoot. They put him to shooting guard. That's good. But what's happening here is, particularly with Quickly early in the game. Trying to make something happen. Totally understand it. I know he's got a lot of moves. But, especially early in the game, I didn't appreciate quickly um, trying too many threes. Now, he hit them later. But he's treating it like, and he's not the only one. They're treating it like early part of the game, and they did it um, game one when they lost uh, to the Hawks. Like warm up, 
okay, I'm missing a few. Um, in the first quarter, second quarter, we get into a whole uh, a lesser team, which the Hawks are really. They 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 have a, some some really good starters, but their bench is not the not the equal of the Knicks. And so so the thing is, you know, I understand that quickly three pointer gets devastating when it gets warmed up, but that's supposed to that warm up is supposed to happen before the game. He starts throwing threes and he starts missing them. I want him driving the hoop more. Now he did in the first half a few times, and. I don't think he was successful in any of the attempts, thanks to good defense of the Hawks, and partly because quickly his heart wasn't fully into it. You just think about it, a three-pointer, you could sell. Because when quickly wants to drive the hoop and score, trust me, he gets the rebound if he misses, and he makes it happen. He's got to be more passionate. <clears throat> got to be more passionate. Got to be more aggressive. That's first off. So, like I say, Randall, he's throwing, looking to throw the ball to different people instead of drive, making the extra effort himself, which he'll, he'll do on every play and getting, getting the points. <clears throat> I'd like to see him distributing more often and then confusing the defense and then go ahead and take the ball. I, I, I understand that. Derrick Rose, fortunately, Derrick Rose was playing the Derrick Rose game, which is... Um, multi-dimensional driving hoop. Even he had problems at the beginning of the game, and game one he had the problem. So it's like it's like a warm. I, I, I totally understand that you have a defense that you have to overcome. But one thing about Derrick Rose was even when he was missing the shots, like everybody else in the first quarter, he was driving the hoop to get the rebounds. I wasn't seeing that from quickly. I wasn't seeing that from. Burks. I wasn't seeing that from uh, Reggie Bullock. I, you know, it, you know, the only person <clears throat> outside Derrick Rose in the first first quarter that really was making a difference on those um, on those offensive boards for the Knicks was Obi Toppin. You had Obi Toppin, Derrick Rose, and you saw what those two did, particularly Obi Toppin, later on in the game. Get around again in the third quarter. How he just was so dominant. Okay, so with that said, uh, as a Nick fan, I'm putting this podcast out. I mean, mind you, I'm going to talk about other things in other podcasts. Just gonna, who knows what I can? I mean, it may come at you with a bunch of stuff. But the point is, just particularly with the Knicks, um, I'm happy they won last night. A lot of that has to do with the excellent coaching of to- Coach Thibodeau. All right, considering everything, he got them to adjust in a way in which made a big difference. It was about matchups, and the way he, the way he put people on the bench at times when they were cold, and brought them off the bench regardless of who they were, even Julius Randle. They wound up being effective at the end. Julius Randle, perfect example. Julius Randle was Julius Randle for the most part. He got into, by the time he got to the end of the third quarter, um, and all through the fourth quarter, did he score a ton of points? No, but he did the things that Julius Randle does, and he hit shots. He wasn't hitting anything in the first quarter. Um, third quarter, early in the third quarter, when he hit that three, that was like momentum-wise, it was. 
instrumental. A lot of that has to do with Thibodeau knowing his team, you know, and he got, like I say, he put Obi Toppin up in there, and in that third quarter, Obi Toppin took the little momentum that Julius Randle got going when he hit that three, and Obi Toppin was doing everything, you know, coming fresh off the bench, he, young man, a lot of energy, a lot of strength. Something too, he impressed me. I I I've seen him get get bullied several times <clears throat> uh, during the beginning of the year. He overcame that, especially here in the playoffs. I'm seeing this like this guy. They're scared of him. Now I understand, you know, he's always been good at the alley oops. But I'm talking about on defense. I didn't see before that he was any good on defense. Although this series, I've seen even game one, I've seen. This this guy this guy can hold his own in the paint. This is so important and instrumental for this team. It just really is. Um, so, like I would say, you know, congratulate. This is about congratulating the Knicks on their victory. Um, I I know Mitchell Robinson's on the bench now. He can play. He's active. Do I think he should play right now? <clears throat> don't know his condition. I don't work for the organization. But I would say this. If he gets if he's healthy enough to play even 10 minutes or even 5 minutes, at key times of the game when the Knicks need strong defense to stop uh, an onslaught of points, Mitchell Robinson as, at center would be important because he's going to block shots. <clears throat> Not saying that Noel isn't. I'm saying I'm saying there's sub-situations that you could create de defensive scenarios with the return of Mitchell Robinson at center. Uh, you could keep Noel out there. You can put Obi Toppin at small forward. You could keep you put Nolan's Noel at power forward. You could rest Julius Randle for peak more more of a peak time. Uh, not to say that Julius Randle is not, you know, cannot handle 40 minutes, but prime time, prime time. You want him to be full of energy, fresh off the bench as a daisy in prime time. I say that you don't treat him like uh, LeBron James. LeBron James is a rarity, <clears throat> guy who just stays out there. I mean, Derrick Rose is one of those guys, okay? Julius Randle, I would say no. I say Julius Randle has all the tools and does and has games that are incredibly great. You know, he has triple doubles, even with a lot of minutes. But at the same time, we want him to have that intensity. I'd rather him have less in the column, be intense in the third and fourth quarter especially in the fourth quarter when you need that go-to guy then to turn around and just keep him out there to keep to see how far his intensity goes. I think that it's wise to, to you. You have Obi Toppin, use Obi Toppin. When Obi Toppin starts to show that the, he's a little human and that he could stay out there too because he's young and he's strong, but he's not as effective as he was two minutes ago, that's when you bring back Julius Randle. 
That's why you have these guys. Use what you have. And the Tom Thibodeau showed that um, last night. He showed it in game one, but he showed it a lot more in game two, and it really made a difference. Down the stretch, down the stretch, you know, you as good as Obi Toppin is, you want Julius Randle. Unless, depending upon defensive formations, and I'm talking about possible defensive formations with the return of Mitchell Robinson, where Obi Toppin's out there, small forward. Uh, Nerland Zowell goes, goes to power forward. Then you have Obi Toppin, a small forward. That, that demotes R.J. Barrett from small forward back to shooting guard. We keep him. We keep him at shooting guard. I think I want to, I want to see this formation. I want to see it come back. Do I want to see um, R.J. Barrett off of small forward? No. What I'm saying is boards are important for the Knicks, especially defense. Just like assists, they're, assists, they're very important. And in that kind of scenario, the focus is boards more than anything. And on defense, particularly on defense, offense too, but boards. You get R.J. Barrett back to small, doesn't make the shooting guard. And you keep, then you have Derrick Rose out there at uh, point guard. Um, these, this is optimum. Now, you know, I heard the announcer talking a lot, talking about Burks. Oh, oh, he had the edge over some kind of edge over young. That was, that is absolutely not true, because he's tall and he an edge defensively. Well, did it show up in either game? It did not. <clears throat> so the edge is not. It doesn't exist on paper. Okay, Burks doesn't execute as well as Young on offense or defense. So that's why that doesn't pan out. So don't say that. Please don't say that. I mean, like, that's pathetic. I mean, I'm not pleased, but, you know, and not that I'm ready to go ahead and have my head explode, but don't say that. That is just a complete fabrication in the imagination of a wannabe super jock announcer. No, this isn't jock jams. I like Jock Jams, even though it's going to be 30 years old in a few years. Uh, but no, it, it, that's for when you're listening to music while you're working out or something. Not in reality. It's not a real thing, okay? You're really announcing, yeah, you could have a little shtick. Shtick doesn't mean you lie to millions of people, you prick. Excuse my language. That's why I'm doing my podcast. How many pricks out here get money? Uh, you know, no, I think, I think I'm going to take as much of that money away from you as I possibly can. Because that's why this generation gets so hostile, uh, or one of the reasons they get so hostile. Another reason is that they're just completely lazy. But that's another issue to be dealt with on another program, not my program. Okay? Um, not completely lazy, but um, they, they use excuses to confront the big problem. Okay? They might have inherited it to an extent from my generation and from Generation X. Not, not really Generation X. So i got to give Generation X credit. They pushed past that better than my generation, which is boomer, late boomer. But late boomers were, did well, too. And I continue to continue. I will continue on to grow and grow strong, even though I'm a late boomer. 
Um, I'm a late bloomer. Boomer. Do you get it? That's why the program's on. That's why the program exists. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Better get it before it goes because it's not going to come back in the same form. So get it while it's good because it may be great later, but it may be the same thing you're looking for right then at that moment. So there. With that said, this is Rob Coletti. I hope you enjoyed my podcast. I'm not going to do any more advertisements until Spotify gets back to me. Um, I mean, uh, Anchor gets back to me or Spotify or both of them on how to repair the problem that's going on technically. It's not that I don't want to do any ads. I'm going to do a lot of ads, but having some problems technically. And I'm supportive of uh, my platform. I just need for them to get back to me. With that said, have a great day. It is beautiful here in the Northeast, and I'm going out and playing.